Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Monday edition of Yard, the magnificent Monday edition of the Yard. We don't fear Mondays around here because we know it gives us another chance to get it right so hope that you are well today there is a lot going on and uh listen I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you so we spoke last week about the flag extensively on friday and uh had a lot of reaction to that and as i said when i recorded the show it doesn't hurt my feelings for someone to disagree with me over a matter of, a, of an opinion you know I mean, that, that's that's life you know, we're not all going to agree on the same things, and that's that's part of the beauty of, of, our, of our culture is that the fact that uh, we can agree to disagree. And I'm, I'm okay with people taking the opposite side of me. But I will say that I had dozens of messages, whether they be on Twitter or Facebook, I had some emails. I know there's some people that still use that, that medium. Uh, and I would say I had two dissenting opinions, but the overwhelming majority – of people that reached out to me were in support and kind of agree with me. And today, Steve, thanks for speaking out. And I know many people that disagree won't reach out and say, hey, Steve, I disagree. But that's okay. Again, my feelings don't get hurt because we're not in agreement. But there has been some movement again today. We're going to get into some of that. A lot of news about that that issue. And here's the thing. I am not going to make this, this show a political commentary uh, we're going to address a little bit of that today, and then we're going to move on. We're going to talk about some recruiting stuff. Got a top 10 list. Didn't do a top 10 list on Friday. Just felt that that show should stand on its own because I, I just I didn't feel in a festive mood at 2 a.m. talking about those things. And that, listen, I'm very passionate about that too because I love Mississippi State. I love the state of Mississippi. And many days, that's the order in which it runs. To be honest, some people say, well, Steve, you know, that's a little silly. Well, that's fine. Again, again, you live your life how you choose. Uh, what is negative for Mississippi State is negative for us. Okay, we have a business. Our income is largely dependent on the success that happens at Mississippi State University. And so there have been some impediments at time to success at Mississippi State because the state of Mississippi has not always been a willing partner. There are times, and if you've read Stark Villains, you'll know I dedicated a couple chapters to kind of the history of things about the founding of Mississippi State and, and many of the challenges that those old farming families that stood in the gap for all of us that said, we want a better way. We want another way. We want a place where we want our own school. I know that sounds a little silly. But we didn't want to go to Ole Miss. We didn't want our kids to have to go up there and be part of the bourgeoisie. We wanted to have an agricultural school. We wanted to have an opportunity to do some things that that maybe weren't available to all Mississippians during that time. And so next thing you know, Mississippi State is founded. We called it a lot, something different then. You know, it was Mississippi A&M. I have learned so much in my research of Stark Villains and Alpha Dogs about our, our our university's history, 
A lot of things I didn't know. And there were a lot of things that I thought I knew, but once I dug into it, I found that things were much different than, than my experiences had, had led me to believe. And so one of the things I think is important for us to understand is that um, there are these changing moments in life. And there's sometimes, too, we get so caught up in rhetoric and drama and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, we overdramatize so many different things. But this truly is, you know, a historic moment. I mean, this, this is a time in our history where there's either going to be some change or there is going to be kind of the confirmation of a long-time bias. I mean, that's, they're just, that's just kind of how it is. And so th- this is going to be one of those moments, not just because of COVID-19, but because this flag issue has kind of bubbled up again. Uh, so we're going to get into some of that today, but not, not a lot. Again, I'm not going to make this. We're not going to do this every day. Okay, we're not. We're not. That's my commitment to you. I want to stay on brand. I want to talk Mississippi State sports, but we've had an intersection of sorts with sports and politics, so we're having to kind of address that. Listen, I, I don't care who you vote for in a presidential election. I, I don't care who you voted for for governor. But when there are political issues that affect athletics at Mississippi State, we're going to talk about them here and elsewhere. I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of the show, man. Love them. Love everything about that whole family of restaurants that have served the Golden Triangle so wonderfully over the years. Matter of fact, I ate at the grill last night. Uh, Bulldog Burger Company, though, that's who we're here to talk about today. Two locations now to serve you right here on University Drive in Stark Vegas and on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. You can get the dining experience, and listen, everybody's properly social distancing, so if you want to go in, you're not going to have somebody all up in your face. You know what I'm saying? All, all the wait staff's wearing their mask, and nobody's going to sit on top of you except in your party. If you're more comfortable getting your food to go, you can still do that. A lot of people have grown very comfortable with takeout these days. Maybe that's something that we'll you know, become more accustomed to as we move forward. Well, they've pretty much got it perfected at Bulldog Burger Company. Uh, you can go to eatwithus.com and place an online order, or you can call in, or you can just simply go in and order and sit in your car, and they'll bring it out to you. They'll take care of you, but please remember to tip those folks. Nobody's asking me to say that. I'm just making making you aware of it. A lot of those people that work in the service industry have had some really financial difficulties, and so let's remember that as we kind of move forward. Go by, find your own favorites at Bulldog Burger Company. My favorite right now continues to be the Lauren Pimentology, add bacon's probably the, the the Boneyard Classic Burger. Love that one. Go check it out. And, and I, I don't even like pimento and cheese sandwiches, but I love the Pimentology hamburger. You will too. It's great. Bulldog Burger Company, now in Starkville and Tupelo, where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. So let's jump into the, the, the big news of the day. Kylan Hill, Mississippi State star running back. The running back that Cole Kublik named as the top returning running back in the SEC has announced that uh, he will not play unless the state flag has changed. Now, a lot of people said, well, you know, yeah, he'll play. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he'll play or not. But I know that he has uh, an unbelievable amount of support already. He is trying to bring change, saying that I am from Mississippi. I am tired of the flag. I'm not going to support this state any longer uh, if they don't change the flag. Since that time, Marcus Murphy has come out. Brandon Cunningham, former Mississippi State Bulldog player and current Seattle Seahawks K.J. Wright, came out and called the flag one of oppression and racism. And then Kentucky star Lynn Bowden came out and uh, supported Kylan Hill as well. And so Kylan is not going to be the last Mississippi athlete to come out and make a statement of this matter. Now, 
There will be other Bulldogs. There'll be some Rebels, I'm sure. There'll be some Southern Miss Golden Eagles, and especially the kids that are from the state of Mississippi. I think it really carries some weight. I think there will be some other players with different backgrounds and probably a different DNA strand that come out and say, you know what, I'm going to support my brother here. I'm going to come out and support my teammate and have his back and say, you know what, if he's not going to play, I'm not going to play. This is a very, 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 very tenuous situation. You know, the players really have control. We can say, well, you know, the coach can do this, the coach can do that. Listen, there's not a coach in the country that's going to run a kid off or something like this. It's not going to happen. Now, I'm not a big believer in players drawing attention to themselves for the sake of drawing attention to themselves. But this is a much bigger issue. This is a bigger issue. And so many of them are using their platform to try to bring what they believe is positive change to our state. Now, we may disagree. We may disagree on the delivery. We may disagree on the message. But the intent, I think, is clear. And I think the intent is in the right place. I think that the bottom line is that you know, Kyle and Hill and others are trying to bring what they believe is positive change to the state of Mississippi. You may disagree. You are welcome to disagree. I will think no less of you. But what happens if we get ready to go play New Mexico and um, we have about 20 players show up? What if, we, what if you have players refuse to go in the game? Because at this point, you know, you're kind of holding Mississippi State hostage. You know, Mississippi State's done a lot for Colin Hill and many others. You know, paid for your education, trained you, gave you a, uh, you know, a, a platform with which to, uh, to enhance your brand, your talent. And so it's kind of like Mississippi State is in the middle of a tug-of-war right now between the state of Mississippi and between some of its citizens that happen to play on its football team. Those are the things that I think about because of the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, guys are accountable to a team and they're held to a standard. And when somebody kind of gets out of character and says, you know what, here's the deal. You know what, if you guys in the state legislature, if you don't want to act on this, then the people that love me and the people that love cheering for me, I'm going to kind of – raise a flag here and hope that they will back me up and put pressure on you uh, to get this thing done. Now, I'm going to give you a little information. And again, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but I'm going to share with you some things that I have learned from some sources very, very close to the proceedings in Jackson. You know that the, uh, the session ends on Friday, and it'll be a long summer vacation session. They won't go back into section, pardon me, back into session until October unless Governor Tate Reeves calls them into a special session. If these player boycotts continue, I think that is inevitable. But there is some hope that there will be some movement in the state capitol this week. There has been some today. I was told earlier this morning that at this point there are not enough votes in the state senate to get a two-thirds majority that would exempt them from the referendum of 2001 to, to bring a change to the flag in and of itself without a statewide referendum. Later this afternoon, I was told, it appears that there are enough votes or there is close to enough votes to have a two-thirds majority in the House. And if, if that's the case, if they get a two-thirds majority, and this is, again, I am not a political expert, so I'm, I'm basically repeating what I've been told. If they get the two-thirds majority, then, then the legislature in and of itself can bring a bill to the floor and pass the, the bill to change the state flag without a statewide referendum. 
if they don't get this thing resolved this week, and if there's not a special session, then uh, it wouldn't go on the ballot until November. Well, you know, football season, for all intents and purposes, be over by then. And those are the things you begin to look at this, and it begins to ricochet. And it's just just when you think, okay, we've survived that, that crossing shot, now all of a sudden it's bouncing back off the uh, you know off the rocks and coming back in our direction. You know, on Friday the discussion was okay. So Thursday night it's okay, no SEC championships in Mississippi. On Friday, the NCAA announces, you know what, n- no longer any regional play in the state of Mississippi. And then today you've got players that are saying, you know what, I'm not going to play either. This thing is building and building and building at a very rapid rate. What will tomorrow bring? Well, you know, I read that some comments on the Elmas message board earlier that said that one of the guys is worried about expulsion from the SEC. I don't think it ever gets to that point. But this is going to change one way or another. The status quo is not going to continue one way or the other. And that's one of the things I don't know that a lot of people fully appreciate. And listen, I've seen the videos online, and I've seen you know, a lot of people make an impassioned plea on both sides of the argument. But the bottom line is this is now something that we're going to have to deal with. It reminds me, and I can't even remember the name of the movie. Some of you, I'm sure, will message me and tell me. But since you know there's two kinds of insane you got to deal with, you know, there, there's a the guy that goes out there and howls at the moon, and then there's a the guy that does it in your front yard. And the first one you can ignore, but the second one you're kind of forced to deal with. You know, and that's kind of where we are. And, you know, my feelings about the topic are well known. But now that we have players now basically threatening to bring a halt to college football in the state of Mississippi, it's a different day and time, to say the least. So here's the last, the last thing that I got here. I'm gonna sit here. I mean, it's so. It's in. We're not even. We're not. We're just. We're not even halfway point of the year yet. We just had the summer solstice. Okay. So here's as I understand it. So earlier today there was a discussion in the Senate. They gaveled back into uh, in the session at, at two o'clock and table discussions about the flag, and then now they are recessed until tomorrow at 10 a.m. I am told from people with knowledge of the situation that tomorrow will kind of be a moving day on this topic in state government. That there will be a lot of discussion kind of behind the scenes, a lot of people talking about this. And, and you got to think now, whether you're a fan of Mississippi State or Ole Miss or Southern Miss or Alcorn or Jackson State or Valley or whatever, when you see a, a guy like Colin Hill, a leader, an accomplished leader, God, it's pretty much the face of the franchise right now. Come out and say, you know what, here's my stance on this. We're going to get this done. Don't think that there's not going to be others follow them. It'll, it'll spread to every university in the state of Mississippi. It will. And it won't be an indictment of the university. That's the thing, too. There's so many people that get so bound up in all that, and they say, well, you know, they're quitting on us. No, it's, it's, it's bigger than that. It's not about Mississippi State. Mississippi State has a role in moving this thing forward, but this is not Colin Hill being critical of Mark Keenum or John Cohen, who have been very supportive of bringing change. This is about bringing change to the state of Mississippi. So we'll see what happens. But that's one of those things as we look forward now. It's like every day this thing is escalating. Every day. Again, it started on Thursday, and we're not not even a week into it yet. 
and we're not even as worried about COVID-19 impacting football seasons. We are players uh, looking to not play. So there are going to be some strong opinions about this. They've already read some already. This is something that's not going to go away. Be mindful of that. There's going to be a decision one way or the other. I want to remind you, too, if you want to smell good, and maybe maybe it's time to get Dad a late Father's Day gift, visit Hawthorne.co. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co, Hawthorne.co. Best cologne I have ever worn, and I've worn a lot of them. And it's one of those things, too, As a, I'm sure it's like this for females, but as a man, when you find something that works for you, you just kind of stick with it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know what? I kind of got that figured out. I don't have to worry about that. There's so many other things in life that I need to invest my time and effort into. Now that I've got a cologne that works for me, my mind is free to do other things. That's what Hawthorne.co will do for you. It'll remove that from a topic of conversation. You won't have to walk around wondering, what kind of cologne should I buy? You go take their short two-minute quiz. I don't even think it takes two minutes. You take that short quiz, and then it pairs you up with a cologne that best fits your preferences. And a lot of it's about what you eat, what you drink, that sort of stuff, just things you enjoy. And then when, I, when you put that cologne on, you're going to feel differently, and you're going to get a lot of compliments, man. You're going to get a lot of compliments from your love interest. You're going to get a lot of compliments from people in the store. You say, hey, what is that you're wearing? And it's Hawthorne.co. Visit them. Use promo code, co, promo code Boneyard. That's B-O-N-E-Y-A-R-D. And they'll hook you up for a $20 gift card. Go ahead and check that out. Again, that's Hawthorne.co, promo code Boneyard. You're going to like the way you smell, no doubt about it. Let's get in the top 10 list, and then we're going to do some wide receiver recruiting. And that's one of the things for State. We need some wide receivers to pop sooner rather than later. You know what I'm saying? Because we've got a lot of eggs in that wide receiving basket. So let's do top 10 list today. Today's top 10 list, uh, Todd Malden reached out to me with a few different options, and I used one of his. I really kind of modified one of his requests. He, uh, he mentioned we did some one-hit wonders and all that kind of stuff and top bands from this era. Todd said he's a fan of the uh, top 10 list. Many of you are. I've had a lot of feedback about him. So, Todd, this one's for you, Todd Malden. Todd, Todd Malden says, uh, you know, that he's a big boneyard guy. He mentioned Jimmy Buffett and some other stuff, and, and I'm, I'm not really a parrot rock guy. No, no jokes about any of that. That yacht rock stuff, I know. Maybe that's Ben Portnoy. I don't know. But I, so I decided to do top 10 rock bands of the 2000s. It's the 2000s. I, I picked these bands because this is kind of when they really began to have national prominence and really began to peak. So don't, don't, don't message me and say, hey, well, Steve, that band started in 1997. It's just a list, man. It's just a list. We're just talking rock and roll. All right, number 10. So... I've got a lot to say about this before we even get into the top 10 list. There will be none of these bands on my top 10 list. They may be on your top 10 list, but your top 10 list would be filled with losers then. So there will be no Blink-182 on my list. There will be no Ben Folds 5 or Semisonic or Coldplay or Radiohead on my list. You're welcome to have them on your list. There will be no Green Day on my list. I think Green Day is arguably one of the most overrated bands of all time, and I hesitate to even call them a rock band. I know some people say, well, Steve, they're a punk band. They're a a corporate rock creation, man. They ought to give you a free CD at Starbucks. Give me a break. 
No Green Day. Now, now these are some bands that kind of got their start in the 2000s. Some of them kind of faded, but others, I think, peaked in the 2010s. Uh, Limp Biscuit, of course, was huge. Huge. Uh, I think Break Stuff is probably my favorite Limp Biscuit song. But I don't think that catalog is very deep. You know, they had some huge hits on MTV, back when MTV still played music, and I was kind of in the infancy of the YouTube videos, you know. But Limp Biscuit had some big tracks, but I just don't think, like, some of these bands out here, I think, are much have, are a little more accomplished in that respect. They, they may not have had the big hit single that Limp Biscuit did, you know, with Nookie and some of those other ones, but um, they just didn't have to stay in power. Another band that I like an awful lot, they've had two singers, and they've been very successful with both, and that's Kill Switch Engage. Kill Switch Engage. Really dig them. I think you will too. They're, they're heavier. Now listen, if listen, if if you're one of those people that like you get like a uh, you know a soy milk latte or whatever, you know, Kill Switch Engage is not for you. You need to stick with uh, with Coldplay and and those guys, Semisonic and that whatever. Kill Switch Engage will put some hair on your chest. Okay. It'll make you feel like more of a man. You might just start drinking your coffee black. You might drink it right out of the pot. And then there's Slipknot. Uh, listen, this Nero Forte song, their newest one, it, I, I, it is the percussion on that song is incredible. Listen, and Corey Taylor is a musical genius, but he is a screamer. He is not much of a singer, but he is an incredible frontman. I was a little late to the Slipknot bandwagon because I was, in the beginning I was like, ah, yeah, I don't like all these costumes and stuff. It kind of bothered me. And I actually got more into Stone Sour and then then kind of fell in love with the works of Corey Taylor. That pulled me back into Slipknot. Slipknot is an iconic band. And then Avenged Sevenfold. They got their start, really, and then uh, I actually met M. Shadows and... Uh, Sinister Gates and those guys. Met the Rev before he passed away. But uh, Vince Sevenfold, I've seen them several times. They're great. Love seeing them. But I believe that they hit their peak in the 2010s. Okay, so here is my top ten list. And there's going to be some bands on here, and you're going to say, but Steve. But there is no but Steve. This is the list, man. Number ten, a band that I absolutely love. Uh, Actually, my youngest kid. This is probably his favorite band. And very happy that they have reunited. It's my chemical romance. Uh, I like to play on words, but uh, I absolutely love the uh, Welcome to the Black Parade album. Uh, it's it's so great. But most of my favorite songs on that album were not singles, like Famous Last Words. You know, it's, it, it's great. You know, uh, I encourage you, get into that album, get deeper into it. I know uh, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge is also a good album, but I think uh, Welcome to the Black Parade is the quintessential my chemical romance album and people say well steve it's emo rock it is but man do they rock number nine one of my favorites i saw them in tulsa oklahoma with avenge sevenfold it's bullet for my valentine man and i i tell you these guys are from across the pond i listened to uh, letting you go yesterday there is not a bad album from bullet and that's, that's what we cool guys call them, Bullet. Uh, but Bullet for My Valentine, the vocals are great. The guitar is incredible. There's enough range to bring you in. Like if, if you're more of a rock radio guy, 
our gal, or if you're into the heavier stuff, they've got such a wide range in their catalog, they can kind of appeal to everybody. Number eight on my list, probably higher on some other lists, is Creed. And no, I will not listen to your Scott Stapp jokes. Everybody loved Creed. You might not have loved them as much as the next guy or gal, but Creed was a great band. Creed had a lot of radio success. Uh, listen, I don't know how if, if you are ever if you've ever had a uh, a young child in your life, if you haven't listened to uh, with arms wide open and uh, hadn't gotten a little teary eyed, uh, I don't know what's wrong with you. But uh, there's a lot of great Creed songs. Uh, one is probably my favorite Creed song, "My Own Prison." They were great, and uh, they eventually kicked Scott Stapp out of the band, and then created one of the greatest rock bands of, the, of this century. And that's Alter Bridge is Miles Kennedy. And uh, I didn't include Alter Bridge in the list because they really kind of peaked a little later. I don't know that they have peaked, even though that there are some albums earlier in the catalog that I like better than the current ones. But, uh, but yeah, so there's a lot, lot to learn there with Creed and Alter Bridge. Number seven on my list, and again, your list may differ, Puddle of Mud. Love Puddle of Mud, even though that... Uh, you know, they have had some lineup changes and things have gotten a little hairy for them in the latter years. Uh, but that, that first album, uh, Come Clean, with Blurry on it, was incredible. Uh, she Hates Me, a karaoke classic, sung in every bar around the country. And everybody sings that song like they mean it, because they know it, they have lived it. Number six for me, and again, and I will not listen to any nonsense about it, it's Nickelback. Nickelback sold millions of records. Sold out arenas all over the world. They absolutely rock. And I don't just say this because I want to be friends with Jake Mangum, even though I am anyway. We had Nickel Black Sundays at Duty Noble Field. It was great. I would encourage you to go back whenever your friends, whenever your hipster friends aren't around and listen to some Nickelback, and you'll be glad you did. When you're in your car by yourself and you don't have a mask on and you're just rocking out want to feel good about life, you put on that Dark Horse album and you feel good about yourself. Number five on the list, and this band actually was on the first Lollapalooza bill in the infancy of the whole thing. And even though they started in the 90s, they really peaked in the 2000s. And I love the new stuff too, but that's Tool. We don't have enough stuff from Tool, but man, I love everything from Tool. It's one of those albums you can put on and hear something different every time. That's one of the things that I love about being able to ride around, you know, with the radio up and stuff is because, you know, the Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. That's right. The Dixie National Rodeo, get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest. And we go up there, and just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tecovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing, the versatility of Tecovas is you can wear them somewhere nice, or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tecovis does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours too. 
Be sure and check them out. Tacovis believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tacovis boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year. Managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup. Putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Instrumentation in those Tool albums is unlike anything else. My favorite song is probably uh, Vicarious. Vicarious from Tool is my favorite Tool song. Number four on my list is the Foo Fighters. The only great thing to come out of Nirvana was the Foo Fighters because as Dave Grohl began his own band, everything that they did was better. The catalog is deeper. The song arrangements, everything more technical. Also, just the variety of songs that you can find on a Foo Fighters album is unsurpassed. Dave Grohl's a musical genius. My favorite Foo Fighters song has got to be Best of You. That is... I like stacked actors a lot. But there's a lot of great songs, but best of you, if I had to like pick like my favorite songs of all time, it's difficult for me. Number one is either Carry On My Wayward Son from Kansas or Best of You from Foo Fighters. That, that's how much that one means to me. Number three is Audio Slave. Now, those, there are many people that, oh, Steve, how could you have them that high? Which, because I can, it's my list and they're great. Audio Slave, for those of you that don't know, is the, the musicians from Rage Against the Machine with Chris Cornell from Soundgarden singing vocals. Three albums, they're all great. I would start at the beginning and work my way through. My favorite Audio Slave song is I Am the Highway, but there are so many others like Like a Stone. I mean, it's, it, it, is, it is the great backing of Tom Morello and those guys and then the haunting vocals of Chris Cornell and and I am a huge Soundgarden fan I'm a Chris Cornell fan uh, I have mentioned him in the acknowledgments of every book that I've written because that's how much hit then when he died it meant it, it devastated me there I've never had a celebrity death 
that bothered me the way Chris Cornell did. And uh, Chris, in my mind, had the best vocal work of his career during the Audio Slave albums. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's because of the fact he didn't have to play a lot of guitar and have to think about pulling it off live. But the Audio Slave albums vocally are incredible. Number two on the list, because they changed the game. Limp Biscuit got a lot of the credit, but it really wasn't those guys that really kind of changed new metal. It was Corn, Jonathan Davis, Fieldy, Monkey, Head, and now Ray on the drums. They're an incredible band. They're still around. There's so many of their contemporaries that are selling insurance now or whatever. There are a lot of those bands that are on that Family Values tour that really kind of changed rock and roll for a while and kind of announced that there was a new change. There was a new sheriff in town. Corn led the pack and all of that. Uh, they have changed a lot over the years. They have been a much better band now that, that Brian Hedwelch has rejoined. But, uh, you know, Corn, when people ask me, you know, that's the thing about the, growing up in the 80s, we had so many headliners. We had, I mean, you had Motley, you had Rat, you had Metallica, Guns N' Roses. We had so many iconic bands. From this era, Corn to me, Corn is that one band you look at and say, yeah, they were a true headliner, and they're still around still killing it, still together. It's not Jonathan Davis and a bunch of studio musicians. It's still a bunch of four friends from Bakersfield, California uh, that formed a band with another friend of theirs, and you know that's, that's who they are. I don't know that I could pick a favorite Korn song, but I do love their, their cover of Word Up. If you haven't heard it, go find it. It's available on iTunes. Number one for me, though, and the only one of these bands that I haven't seen, I think, um, is Linkin Park. I think Linkin Park, the, the, the Hybrid Theory album, Minutes to Midnight, all that, those are iconic to me. Uh, one of my favorite songs from them is Lost in the Echo. It didn't get near the airplay that so many, some others did. But uh, Chester Bennington, of course, uh, killed himself kind of in response to Chris Cornell's hanging, and it, it, it kind of ended an era in many respects. But Linkin Park... One of those bands to me that uh, when you look for headliners, they were it. Linkin Park, Korn, Audio Slave, many of those bands kind of ushered in a new movement in music. So that's my top ten list. You might disagree, uh, and some of you might be happier listening to the Ben Folds Five or whatever that is. Uh, go enjoy all that. Uh, I like my rock and roll with some attitude and some guitar. Uh, so you might like other things, and I won't think any less of you. But those bands will never make my list unless we're doing a top ten list of bands that really irritate Steve Robertson. I want to remind you our good friends at Campus Bookmart, longtime sponsors of this show. Very happy to have them aboard. Stand the man, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie. The whole crew will treat you like family because you are family. It's as simple as that. Many of you bought your textbooks there when you were students at Mississippi State. Now it's time to outfit the home, the RV, the office, the pet, whatever you want. You can get whatever you need, maroon and white, right there at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays, and that is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Go check it out. Again, that's campusbookmart.net. Mom, dad, kids have been great. Reward them with some new unexpected Mississippi State merch. All right, so the latest development we have on wide receiver recruiting, Keon Coleman out of Opelousas, Louisiana, announced his top three today. Mississippi State, not one of those three. 
a little bit of a surprise, I guess, but uh, we had begun hearing, I guess about 10 days ago, that he was leaning towards committing to Michigan State, but not to kind of worry about that because uh, his family really didn't want him going that far away, even though Mel Tucker and Tom Izzo were both personally involved because he really wants to play both football and basketball. And so that, that's one of the alternatives is that he could you know, sign a football scholarship and then once football is over, join the, the basketball team and participate. It, it rarely ever works, but they were going to give it a shot. And then the geography proved to be too much for Michigan State to overcome. Keon Coleman is uh, cousins with C.D. Lamb. You may recall C.D. Lamb, an, an outstanding wide receiver at the at University of, of Oklahoma University. I guess that's how they was the University of Oklahoma. I don't know. I know Oregon is one. I know you, it's, I guess, Oregon University and the University of Oklahoma is how it goes. But nevertheless, we digress. I think Keon Coleman's going to go to Oklahoma. I crystal balled him to Oklahoma today. I, I, I wanted to do that before, and then when I heard all this Michigan State stuff, I just kind of waited. So I went in today and I crystal balled him to Oklahoma. I think that's where he ends up. I am told that it's reasonably close enough. That the family is okay with that. He's not the whole, you know, the dead gum continent away. He's able to go uh, to Oklahoma and get back. And I think CeeDee Lamb having such a good experience in Norman only helps the, the Sooners' cause there. South Carolina, I know, is in it. Uh, Florida State, Mississippi State, Michigan State not making the cut. I do believe it's going to be Oklahoma, though. I, I, I just I think that it's probably a matter of time. Okay, so let's. Uh, so, what does that mean for State? I, to be honest with you, I never expected him to be at State. He was always a possibility. But I didn't ever consider him a probability, which is one of the reasons I never crystal balled him to State. Now, I have crystal balled Teddy Knox to Mississippi State. Now, Teddy was originally planning to announce his decision in June, and we have kind of been on the clock waiting for that. And then he announces he's going to wait and, and do it next month on his birthday. Now, initially. Some fans say, well, Steve, that's the same thing we went through with John Emery, right? John Emery was leaning towards Mississippi State. All of a sudden, he's going to make a decision. He delays that decision, commits to somebody else, ends up going to LSU. Well, all that's true. But this situation is much different. Teddy Knox not really getting recruited very heavily by LSU, doesn't live in Louisiana at this point, uh, still out there in the Woodlands, Texas. So... There's a lot of differences in this deal compared to what we had before. Now, on top of all that, Teddy Knox, very, very intrigued by the air raid offense at Mississippi State, eager to see it on the field. But, uh, you know, listen, this is a guy that wants to catch a football several times a game. He doesn't want to be a decoy blocker. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's a team player, but this is a guy that wants to make plays. Everything that I hear still leads me to believe that he will ultimately be a Mississippi State Bulldog. I think we're going to have to continue to recruit him like a, a undeclared player once he does commit because I think once his uh, senior film makes the rounds, he's only going to add additional offers. Now, Texas is in there. You know, he's got a handful of schools, I guess half dozen or so, uh, that he's still talking to. But everything that I hear leads me to believe that Teddy Knox will be a Mississippi State Bulldog. Now, earlier today, my colleague Paul Jones crystal balled my league neighbors to Mississippi State. Now, I had already done that based on some information that I had gathered talking to some folks kind of close to that situation. Paul talked to Malik over the weekend and now agrees that he believes Malik Neighbors is going to come to Mississippi State. In addition to that, Malik Neighbors, very good friends with Teddy Knox. Not to say they're a package deal, but in many respects, they're kind of a package deal. I think the fact that Teddy is 
uh, expected to go to Mississippi State helps matters with Malik Neighbors. I think the two of them being great friends makes it easier to kind of recruit them because Teddy was already leaning Mississippi State's way, and then Teddy can kind of work on Malik uh, to join him here at Starkville. I believe that is two of the receivers. Now, Malik capable of playing both sides of the ball. I was told by somebody very close to Malik that that, uh, Dave Nickel has told him, you can play whatever you want. You want to play receiver, you play receiver. You want to play safety, you play safety. Uh, The kid wants to play receiver, but he's open to playing whatever gets him on the field first. So that is big news. So that continues to kind of trend positively uh, for Mississippi State. And, again, one of the things I think it's important for – for people to understand, Paul Jones and I don't get together and compare notes together a lot until it gets later in the process. We, we don't always talk to the same people, and that's kind of by design. Because one of the things that happens, and I've learned this the hard way, sometimes if you learn something and you share it with somebody, sometimes your information kind of makes its way back around to you, and it's not really confirmation. It's somebody basically repeating your information. And so one of the reasons that Paul and I ask, one of those, you know, the right hand doesn't need to know what the left hand is doing. We, we communicate about who we talk to and stuff. But we work our own sources, and we don't always talk to the same people. So when he and I are agreed, I think you can feel good about the fact that uh, we are collecting that information from a multitude of sources. It's not one person that has told us both the same thing. So there, when we are both aligned with a crystal ball pick, you better believe we feel really good about where that's coming from, and it's not just he and I talking among ourselves. Malik Neighbors, we mentioned, uh, it's a guy that's a four-star receiver too, so that would give – that would give – Knox and Neighbors would give State two four-star receivers if we are able to get both of those guys in the boat. Uh, Canarius Johnson and Laurel, everything seems to still be trending in the right direction for Mississippi State. Need to get him on campus. You know, once things open back up and the dead period has been extended through July 31st, I guess. So we haven't had a chance to kind of get him on campus and sit him down and watch film with him and that sort of stuff and slap him on the back and tell him how much we love him. But I believe at this point, if I had to call it right now, and I didn't feel this way three months ago, but if I had to call it right now, I got Canaris Johnson's the number two receiver in the state of Mississippi behind Deion Smith out of Provine that's committed LSU. To me, Deion is far and away the best guy. I think Canaris Johnson, right? And if I was going to pick a team, and let's say, for an example, the guy before me picked Deion Smith. I'm going to pick Canaris Johnson over Isaiah Brevard, and I'm going to pick him over Antonio Harmon because I believe he is more explosive. Those bigger guys got an incredible catch radius. They look good getting off the bus. I just don't know if they have the, feed, the speed and the dexterity to be quite as explosive as Canaris Johnson. I think Canaris Johnson is one of those guys that has kind of benefited from kind of lining the reeds a little bit. Uh, but he will be a great player. And I think if I had to call it today, I believe he's going to be a Mississippi State Bulldog. One of the guys out there that's kind of a swing guy for me is Jacoby Moore out of Harrison Central. I like him a lot too. And I think with Keon Coleman kind of eliminating Mississippi State, I think that ramps things up for Jacoby Moore. And Jacoby Moore was a guy that was a lot of heat with early in the game. A lot of people said, hey, Steve, if we take this kid and this kid, is there going to be room for this guy? And I think Jacoby Moore has handled his recruitment absolutely perfect so far. He hadn't given anybody a reason to be upset with him. He's got a ton of offers. He's got a ton of potential. If State takes five receivers in this class, I don't think there's any question. You go get that guy. But right now you got one guy committed, and that's Brandon Buckhalter, who had a big showing at that combine out in Vicksburg. A lot of people I've spoke to that attended the event said, hey, 
kid can play. And sometimes he gets lost in a discussion. It's one of those things that happens. A lot of times when guys commit early, they kind of lose their hype a little bit, and fans kind of take all that for granted. Brandon Bocalter can really play. Originally from Callaway, he's cousins with Malik Keith. Uh, so, you know, Malik Heath, the, the better experiences he has up here, the better it's going to be for State's probability of keeping Buckhalter in the boat. So let's cut it up like this. Let's say you hang on to Brandon Buckhalter. Ole Miss is going to continue to recruit him throughout the process. Uh, so that that's always going to be something you have to watch. And let's say you get Teddy Knox, Malik Neighbors, and Canaris Johnson. Well, that gives you four wide receivers. Do you take a fifth? Well, I think initially you plan to take five, even though you've got an army coming in this year. But, you know, you've got a couple of junior college guys within that group. But with Tyrell Shavers now coming in, who is essentially a junior college guy too, because he has two years left to play. And I don't say junior college in respect that, uh, you know, that he hadn't played on Division I level. He hadn't played a whole lot, but he's, he's been at Alabama. He's been coached by some of the best coaches in the country. My point being is you have three two-year guys in this class and so you can get out of balance pretty quick. However, if you're going to allocate another spot for a receiver, I think you got to go get Jacoby Moore. I think he is the swing guy in this group. If one of those other guys we've talked about elects to go elsewhere, I think Jacoby Moore is absolutely the priority. But I think with Tyrell Shavers coming aboard this year, maybe you don't sign five, maybe you sign four. Let's say, let's say Ole Miss flips Brendan Bullcalter back. Well, then all of a sudden I think – to me, the, the, the guy you make a priority is Jacoby Moore. So there are some names out there. There are some players out there. And uh, this is a huge position for Mississippi State. And I think one of the things that's going to ram it home is playing football and these players having a chance to see this product on the field and say, you know what, I want to go play in that. It's one thing to watch it on film. It's one thing to have a Zoom call and the coach tell you, hey, we, we see you doing this. We see you doing that. It's another thing to let him see it in the stands and say, hey, make sure you watch number eight. Make sure you watch number one because that's going to be you next year. It's a different deal. So we got to get kids on campus. we got to play football. Let me address one more thing about this football thing, too, that I think is important. You know, every day there is somebody that is well-intended that comes to the Gene's Page message board and says, hey, I have heard that we're going to be full-capacity for New Mexico. And then the next day, somebody will come in and say, hey, I heard that we're only going to do season ticket holders. Well, that's still around 45000 And then somebody will say, well, I've heard we're going to do 50%. And so here's the deal. Everybody's going to hear a lot of things, but there is nothing to know at this point. There have been no decisions made. So when somebody says, well, I talked to so-and-so, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. what. There's nothing to know at this point. That's what there is to know is that there has been nothing. You know, there are a lot of people out there that, that think they know something, and even if they knew nothing and they knew that they didn't know anything, that would be something. But there is a vacuum right now when it comes to all of this, and so people try to fill that vacuum with rumors. Don't believe any of the rumors because at this point we do not know. There's going to be meetings. There's going to be progress reports. We're going to see how things progress with infection rates and mortality rates here in the next couple of months. I don't expect any decision to be made until around August the 1st. They're still collecting information, still having conversations. So when you hear these things, take it with a grain of salt. It takes no special skill to get on a Facebook group or to get on social media or a message board 
and attribute something that people that you think to a rumor and that happens a lot a lot of times when people get these theories in their mind they think well here's what if we did this well i'll just go fly out the flagpole and see who all salutes it and say okay well i heard this they didn't really hear anything they're just kind of wondering out loud and so then they, they they go post about it on social media just to kind of see if their theory is plausible but that's all it is right now is theories because nobody knows not even john cohen knows not governor tate reeves knows not greg sankey knows nobody knows we're still kind of all figuring this thing out as we go and that's the thing that i think everybody needs to be mindful of is that once there is something to know it'll be communicated to all of us it's not going to be some big secret you're not going to have to depend on somebody at the water cooler to tell you it'll be a public proclamation it'll be on espn it'll be at the bottom of the screen it'll be everywhere every sports entity in the country will have that information when there is news it's not going to be communicated word of mouth through your friends so you won't have to wonder about what you hear and listen i know that everybody claims to have sources i get it i understand it but you're driving yourself crazy and other people that are desperate to hear good news about college football because of how much it means to us and so i get it but by asking these questions and kind of spreading these things on social media, it's actually escalating the situation emotionally for a lot of people. Because there's some people right now that they're already so pent up right now and so already so twisted in anxiety. They're thinking, you know what, we're not going to play. I know we're not going to play. And then they're just waiting to be able to say, see, I was right. We're not going to play. Well, I firmly believe we're going to play. If you watched Ian Rappaport this morning when he talked about Dak Prescott signing his uh, franchise tender uh, today. Uh, he said, hey, the NFL is going to play a full season this year in some, in some capacity. That's the plan. And so the NFL, obviously, they've got those are people with, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars invested in this. They're going to try to play. They're expecting to play a season this year. And so NFL players that are franchise guys are going ahead and signing the deal because – it's going to be a different year. What if you don't go out there and perform the way you hope to, and next thing you know you don't get the long-term deal done? It's all part of it. So I, I say that to say there are a lot of people out there that have a lot more information about what should happen rather than the rumor mongers. So let's just stick with the winners and stick with the experts. Uh, just like we said in the infancy of all this, there were so many people that were just so determined that uh, we would not have a return to sports for a year, and then we're already starting to see uh, soccer games uh, come back, and there's been some basketball, and there's been baseball around the world. We haven't had American sports come back the way we had hoped, and, and some of the reasons MLB is not back is because of the fact of the, uh, of, you know, the, the, the players' union and the owners can't come to an agreement. But I think it's important for everybody, just, again, to take a deep breath. These are used with the dog days of summer. Usually there's not a lot going on anyway, and we're eager for something good to happen, but I think it's important for just let's just kind of pump the brakes a little bit and kind of realize that we've got some big things ahead of us. All right, so let's get into this too. Uh, you know, for those of you that kind of keep up with my other work, you know, I'm, uh, we're in the final editing process. You know, I've already done the bulk of that. And there, there's your rewrites, and I'll send back a little tweak there and stuff. So finishing all that, and uh, we've got most of our pictures in uh, – got people working on all that stuff now and so i go out and request who i want they send me what they have and then we uh, have people work on that stuff and so we're getting close we'll have a release date soon 
We'll push it off to print soon, and then we'll put it out for pre-order soon. Uh, so when you get ready to pre-order, you know, you just go ahead and order it, and then uh, you can get your copy personalized or signed, uh, and they'll mail it to you and um, save you the trouble of having to go out and buy it. You know, the, 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 uh, the bookstore experience is great. Uh, I don't know how much of that we're going to do. I'm going to do as much as they want to do. But, you know, we've got to be careful with all that. It's a different day and time. So if you're looking to kind of get ahead of the game, and maybe you, you haven't read Stark Villains yet. Maybe you hadn't read Flim Flam. I've had some people that have told me that they, they read them in order. Uh, other people said, you know what, I bought Stark Villains and liked it so much I went back and read Flim Flam. That means a lot to me. I'm very proud of this new book, and I want to share with you some things before we get out of here today. I have had a Boneyard listener share with me some documents that are very precious to his family that will soon be precious to yours. And it's a lot of documents and letters of encouragement and some letters of dissent about Mississippi State playing in a game of change in 1963. We're going to publicize and publish some of that for the first time ever. And uh, you guys will have an opportunity to see for yourself. And uh, it just really kind of speaks to to the level of courage that, that Dr. Colvert and members of the State College Board had to do the right thing. And we opened the show talking about uh, so many other things that are going on in the world, you know, about doing the right thing, and we're not always going to agree with what's best. But when I think about the things that have happened in our history, and listen, Mississippi State is not perfect. It's We're not. We'd like to believe we are, but we're not. But when it came to civil rights issues, Mississippi State, more times than not, has been on the right side of things. I go back and I remember, you know, Frank Dowsing and Robert Bell and, I, and interviewing Robert Bell, and, and he was such a gentleman. And he wanted to talk mainly about football. He wanted to talk less about being a pioneer, more about being a bulldog. But it meant a lot to him when they named the plaza outside of Davis Wade Stadium the Bell Dowsing Plaza. I think about Sylvester Croom. And I think about all these other issues, and I think, you know what, the more research that I do and the more that I read these documents and the more that I think about the game of change and I think about Dr. Colbert and I think about Babe McCarthy and I think about all the people that have made big decisions about Mississippi State, it makes you proud to be a Bulldog, man. It makes you proud to say, you know what, I'm glad that there's some, there's some things that happen in our state that are shameful. And there are things that have happened in our lives that are shameful. But I'm glad I'm not having to apologize or to explain away a lot of issues at Mississippi State. Are we perfect? No. Are we progressive? Yes. There's a lot of good things about Mississippi State and a lot of things that make me proud. And, and I begin to do my research for the game of change, and, and you never know how that's going to go. I mean, it's like we think we know the story, but we really don't. We really don't know the story. I did my best to tell the story as best I could. I interviewed Bill Anderton. Did some other research and kind of, you know, did some fact-checking, that sort of stuff, and reached out to some people and, and, and really got some information that I was not aware of before. And it's one of those things that just makes you feel even better about putting on maroon and white. So, you know what? I got this right. I might have made a lot of other decisions wrong. I might have made a lot of mistakes in my decision-making process. But you know what? When it came to this whole thing about Mississippi State, I, did, I got that right. I made the right call when I decided to attend Mississippi State. I made the right call when I decided to be a Bulldog. 
I made the right call when I decided to follow in my mom or dad's footsteps and say, you know what, I'm going to put on a maroon white. I'm going to wear the M over S because it means something a little more than just sports. It means something different. It really is a family. It really, really is. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.